This evening we're joined by Ian Getty, a former infantier who left the military and then went on the private security circuit. He's now working at Sizium, having retrained, and we're going to find out how he got to where he is today. So thank you, Ian, for joining us for this TechFets podcast. Can you tell me a bit about your military experience? Yeah, so I joined the army in 99. Um, I did 14 years. It was infantry, Royal Irish. Um, did all the usual stuff that was going about. Uh, at that time, Iraq, Afghanistan, a few other sort of bits and pieces, Kosovo and stuff. And yeah, pretty normal infantry kind of career for 14 years. I'd like to say there was something special or something I could highlight here, but there's not. It was pretty a pretty average military career. What made you leave after 14 years? I was quite tired and um, we'd been busy. You know, it was a busy 10 years or whatever after 9-11. And it had just been a busy 14 years all around. I think you just, I, I think you kind of know. You know, I can't speak for other veterans. You know, I, I know a lot that have done their full time, but at the same time, there's that many that get out before they've done the full time. I think you just know when it's when it's time for a change. And I think you're right. That was an incredibly busy period, the time when you were serving. It's something that we hear time and time again, just back to back tours or off on short deployments back away again. And that pace is quite frantic. So when you left after 14 years, how did you find the transition? I didn't really find it like a transition straight away because I did the kind of veteran thing and went straight into private security. So I, I think I left the army in September and went to Iraq in November. And that was me for the next three years. And private security on, on the circuit out in Iraq and places like that is it's similar to the military. It's not the massive adjustment you would have going directly on the city street. There's a lot of familiar stuff there, which makes it not that difficult. What made you come out of the private security circuit? Because I guess you could have just stayed doing that. It was much the same for me as the military. I was burnt out. I, I ended up doing private security type stuff for about like eight years. I actually ended up in Ukraine. Basically burnt out. And I started to show signs of PTSD um, and had to come home. Um, yeah. I'd, had, I'd had too long away. And the plan was always to go back out there. Um, it's not normal military mindset. I'll have two weeks off. I'll go back, but it just it just wasn't happening this time. <laughs> what kind of thing were you doing in Ukraine? I worked for the foreign office out there. It was kind of quite a big organisation. I, I can only describe it like it's sort of like a European version of the UN, where all the countries send different representatives. I was part of a drone team out there, so we used to fly drones over the front line. In eastern Ukraine for five years, something like that. And I was just getting imagery and doing sort of not intelligence because it was all quite open, but doing a kind of low level intelligence sort of a thing on what was happening on the front line. We did five years of that, essentially flying drones and imagery analysis and stuff like that. How did you know you were getting close to the point of burnout? I probably had the big symptom of anxiety for about two years before I left where I was doing patrols where I shouldn't have been nervous and feeling sick <laughs> but I was and you're kind of trying to you're trying to hold it in so you're spending every day trying not to show that you do not want to be here 
but I don't know, is it military mindset that you, you know, don't quit, quit tomorrow, whatever they say? <laughs> Did you feel like it was a huge burden when you finished the military service, you finished the private security work, and just stepping back, do you did you feel a weight lifted off your shoulders? Maybe in some way, but also no, because like I said, I always planned to go back. My mindset was always to go back to Ukraine until suddenly I couldn't. And it leaves you out there in real civvy street with no direction. So I had no idea what was going going to happen next. So yeah, suddenly I was in the real world the sort of 20 years experience going around these places like Iraq and Afghanistan and really trying to work out how do I put that into, you know, what do I do with that now? What support was available to you or were you able to tap into at that time in your life? I got involved with some good charities over here in, well, not just Northern Ireland, Combat Stress is there, but a couple of good charities in Northern Ireland. My GP, he was fantastic. So I work with it. I still actually work with them. Yeah, they were brilliant. I mean, they can be quite tough to get into at the start, but once you're once you're in, they were they were fantastic. So yeah, they, on that side of it, I just work with them. I've been with them for I don't know now. I'm trying to think what year it is. Nearly two years, maybe. It's really good to hear you being so honest about those issues that you've dealt with, because I think many people deal with the same issues but aren't open about them. I think there's far more more people than we realise who actually need help and don't don't know where to find it or haven't had that moment where they've realised that they actually do need to get some help. It's an interesting angle to kind of think of because they kind of go hand in hand, mental health and having a job where you derive value um, but you're also valued for your for your skills and your story I'm kind of jumping ahead here but it's a good news story in so many ways because you're now with Sizium. how did yep. you get into you know from where you were to where you are now working with Sizium and cyber intelligence I had a friend involved with an Australian company that did something similar to tech vets free training you know for veterans I'd started that when I was on sick leave with the idea of taking that back to Ukraine. When Ukraine didn't turn up, or when I found out that I wouldn't get cleared to go back, I actually applied for a job with them and got it. And they were just coming to the UK. So I started doing low coding with them, trained up and got a got a posting with them, which was their, that was kind of their model was to train you up and then they send you out to sort of big companies around the UK or wherever it might be. So that worked out for a bit until I realized I hated low coding. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, it wasn't for me. So I actually asked that company again and they and they were they were okay to me. I said, can I switch to the cybersecurity pathway? And they let me do it. So I got about a month for their cybersecurity team just learning some stuff before they had kind of business issues I don't understand, investment issues, but a lot of the company were laid off, including the security team. So that was kind of a throwback to where I'd been a year before. I'm back in Sylvie Street and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I was kind of on a job hunt then for a cybersecurity job with no cyber ex security experience and very little in the way of qualifications. I mean, obviously, tech vets, I, I got in touch with James, who did a lot on LinkedIn on my behalf, which is a big thing. Because you've got that reputation, 
sort of say, you know, it's it adds something to my CV. I'm kind of saying I've no experience. Someone pushing it or fighting your corner is very, very good. With Cesium, I had them purely by luck. A friend that I worked with in the old company spotted an advert on LinkedIn and they said we should both go for this. And we did. And as you know, they're they're big into helping veterans. Um, and I was quite quick after that. They sort of, I think we had two interviews and we're now, we're now with three, four months down the line. We're, we're going well. So you didn't go head to head for one job? I, well, no. I knew if there was one job, he would get it. He he was, he streets ahead of me. Um, <laughs> but I thought, why not have a crack? And yeah, it's worked out. Well, we're both at Sizium now. Did you both get told on the same day that you got the roles? No, he was about three days before me. So my heart was going for about three days. Everything for him happened about three days before. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that must have been really nerve-wracking. It was because, yeah, I... You know, my thought was he would get it, and he should, and rightly so. But at the same time, I knew they were looking for. I think at the time they were looking for two level ones. So I thought, you know, well, we might as well go for it. We did. We'd done a lot of the same job applications before, and had sort of the same result. So I thought, why not? And it worked out. And as you know, you you know, Sizium, they're pretty big on the veteran bit. So yeah, again, like I say, like the rest of my career, I, I think I probably got slightly lucky. <laughs> So what's your what's your role at Sizium? So the role that you went for and the role that you're in now, um, are they the same? Yeah, I'm level one SAC analyst. Um, what training did you have to do? Because you you know you've already said that you had an ambition to go into cybersecurity, but you didn't necessarily have as many training qualifications as as you know other people on the market. But what did you go into that interview with in terms of formal cybersecurity qualifications? Formal, very little. I like to think I I kind of made up enough in terms of informal knowledge of just working how how everything works and you know that sort of thing where I was able to get through the interview showing that I knew a bit about it. So it was a case of constantly on YouTube watching videos rather than sitting down for a course, which is maybe going to take two, three, four months because you don't have that time when you're looking for a job because there's bills to pay. I did have the experience from the old company in the in the sock which helped um, so i'd had a pretty intensive four weeks with them just learning 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 how it works um, so it was just enough knowledge and experience to get me over the line did you do any or have you done any more training through tech vets while you've been in the role yeah i'm on their splunk training at the minute splunk it's uh, the training's great that's actually one of the targets we have at Sizium. So they give you targets. There's there's qualifications you need in certain timelines. How you go about them is slightly up to yourself. Um, I was already on the Splunk stuff in TechFet, so I've just cracked on with it. So it's just a case of, yeah, going through that at the minute, along with, well, how do I put it? So after three months, every day is a school day in there. <laughs> and then it's just constant questions. What is this? <laughs> Sizium is renowned for being veteran-owned, veteran-founded company, but there are civilians who work there too. What's the office dynamic, well, I guess you work, you know, remotely a lot of the time, but when you're all together, what are the dynamics like between those of you who served and um, the, the civvies, the through-and-through civvies? I feel like there really is. There's there's not like a them and us sort of a feel, definitely not. It's more, I suppose, something like you get in the military where... We're the L1s, we're the junior ranks. 
let's join together and you're the next rank up and it feels more like that there's can't feel a difference between or some kind of tension whatever you want to say i i don't think you would be able to notice the difference if you came in from the outside and, and had a look i think that's great to hear i'm really reassuring for many people who could potentially be in the same position as you you know starting out on their tech or cybersecurity career and wondering if they've got a hope in hell of getting a foot in the door and and being taken on and, and being accepted but from what you've just said it's you just have to give it a go and going back to when you started looking um for this this next job did you ever think you'd be where you are now somewhere as good as size you know um that cyber job hunt can be pretty soul destroying it seems like a lot of people have very different views of what they want from the same job description. So you're definitely going to do a lot of horrible interviews and you're going to meet a lot of companies that say they want veterans and they, they do want veterans. They want to tick a box, but they want a cyber expert with 10 years experience who just happens to be a veteran rather than sort of looking at what the veteran brings. So you, you get a lot of that. It is, it can be still destroying. When you went for some of these interviews, what kind of questions did you get asked? And are there any that stick in your mind as tricky ones that you would flag to other people who might be going through the same thing? Specific questions, no. It's uh, I think they're generally, it's the technical interviews that will catch people out if, as they're sort of going for their first job. You're interviewing with people that, that are quite high, that they, they can quite easily out with you in a technical interview. And I think some of them do. Yeah, maybe not it's maybe not malicious. It's probably just to see what level you're actually at. Some of them will be expecting you to be at a much higher level than you are, like I said about the job descriptions. So yeah, you can go into some of these technical interviews and you just won't be near the level. And then you just have a pretty horrendous 45 minutes of not knowing anything because it is just above your level. But then you'll hit the interview, which is at your level. I would say a lot of people that are advertising for a level one aren't really interviewing for a level one or an entry level position. <laughs> um, they're, they're interviewing for someone much better. You know, so be it. Um, you just have to, it's going to happen. Why do you think they do that? Well, a lot of companies, rightfully so. They know exactly what they want and it is someone that's quite high up if you're going straight into a big company. It's probably a difficult business decision to say we'll take a gamble on this guy. He's a veteran, but not that experienced and hope that it comes good in six months. That's probably a bit of a gamble. What do you think you bring to your role above someone who hasn't had that lived experience, that camaraderie, the ability to get on with people? It's hard to just, I mean, it is that lived experience. There's so much that, 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 that will, you know, you've went through something like Afghanistan. You're going to survive in a sock <laughs> you're you're going to survive um, you know and there's i think one of the big things that's overlooked is i think when people leave the, the military there's a real hunger for proper qualifications i know so many people with master's degrees or degrees or they're going for degrees there's it's something in the military mindset when they get out that they want like a i don't know if it's like a formal academic recognition of what they know as well as just saying oh i was in the army and the other side is that you know the army's not completely non-technical i was infantry and we did technical stuff there's people in there that are really really going to bring some skills to to wherever they go they've already got them but perhaps they just don't know they've got them 
or how to translate them, I guess. How to translate them maybe would be one of the big things. Because yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, there's some technical geniuses in the military. And you've seen, I'll say again, you've seen the guys that run that. They're not amateurs and they've brought that from the, the military. So I always say, you know, it's cyber security is pretty similar to normal security. It's different tools, but it's the same thing, really. It's the same principles. You know, you just got to learn them new tools. That's a really good way of putting it across because actually it's not like you've really jumped into a different career at all because you've always worked in security. It's just this time you haven't got a rifle, you've got a laptop or a sock to fight from or fight with. It can be a bit daunting because it's a, it's a kind of a different language, computer language, tech language, but everything I can, I think everything I understand Inside my brain, it's just an, an analogy with the old security. You know, a firewall is like a big concrete wall. Some stuff gets in, some stuff doesn't. <laughs> you decide what. It's that's that's how I get my head around tech. So yeah, I mean, people already have that experience. It's just you're just picking up a different tool set and a different sort of different language. But if you survived in the military with their acronyms and sort of that language they talk, you'll pick it up soon. <laughs> That's, I think that's really good advice because there are so many acronyms. And I mean, who really knows what they all mean in, in the military anyway? You know, you join, the, you join the military, you don't know what anyone's talking about. It's the same with tech. Very soon you will. You just pick them up. <laughs> so, that, you know, that's how I see it. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't even think you always need to be looking at the soft skills. The military bring tech skills and I think the soft skills are on top of that. That's the bonus. And I guess it's just packaging that up when you pulling together your CV and with TechVets, with their volunteer team of CV reviewers, did you ever um, reach out to the CV review team at TechVets or reach out for advice on the Discord channel? Um, or did you kind of find yourself on the road to Sizium without having to need to tap into those resources? No, I went for the CV review, but luckily didn't need it. Not long after I did that, I got the Sizium job. So, so you got the Sizium job without um, on off the back of the CV that you wrote without any help from anyone else. I didn't get the the tech vets review, but I have probably three hundred different CVs on my desktop at the minute, <laughs> where I changed it after every interview or every application, and um, so I was constantly changing it and sort of adapting it to see. What went wrong there? Right, that's changed something. So, um, but yet, if I mean, if you can get that sorted right off the bat at the start, where that's not something you're worrying about, that's another bonus. Well, it, I think going back to CV writing and having to apply for jobs. I mean, God, it's fantastic that you're with Sizium now, and you can you can almost file those three hundred different versions of CVs somewhere else. Well, yeah, hopefully you'll never have to use them again. That's what I'm hoping, but yeah, we'll keep them just in case. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been fantastic to talk to you tonight, Ian, and thank you for being so honest, really, about the journey that's got you here. And I call it a journey because I don't think it really is a massive change for you. It sounds like you've, you've found your niche in security and you've just moved with the times and your personal needs to move into security in a career and environment that is optimum for you. So it's been really good to listen to that in your 
own words. You're happy that that works. I'm happy. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll let you. Um, I'll let you go because I'm sure you you've got um some splunk training or something something better to do with your evening. Um, I've got two dogs to feed, so. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. You can Charles. Speak to you soon. Bye. All right. If you've been inspired by Ian's story and you want to find out how you can retrain with TechVets, just head over to www.techvets.co. If you've been affected by any of the issues that we discuss in this podcast, you can reach out to Combat Stress. You'll find them at www.combatstress.org.uk. Thank you for listening.